welcome back to Writing Into the Unknown. This is episode 38. My name is Monica. And I'm Christina. And today we're going to talk a little bit about introspection and how to not overthink and just all that sort of topic. Um, And I think it's well fitted to talk about this because I feel like I needed to hear this. So the advice that I'm going to give you all, it's probably going to be advice that I need to hear myself because I feel like I've not really been very introspective in the last couple of weeks, which has led to more overthinking and probably more negative self-talk than usual, just because I haven't really been aware of um, the things that have been going on in my mind and therefore my natural instinct. Like, I, I haven't been as aware, let's say. Um, so I'm quite excited to talk about this. Yeah. I was going to ask you, Moni, so why why do you feel you've been less sort of, uh, introspective over the last few days, a few weeks? I think part of it is because of how busy my schedule has been lately. And obviously that's not an excuse because if you prioritise it, essentially you can always make time for introspection. Um, but I think it's just been my inability to make time for introspection throughout the day, throughout, you know, maybe like busy times. Um, so, yeah, I've, I've been super busy these last couple of weeks with starting the new job. Of course, that's really busy. Um, trying to juggle everything that I have going on, trying to juggle the podcast, trying to juggle um, a social life, trying to juggle travels. So I've just now had like a moment to just pause. I haven't meditated in quite a while which, and I keep telling myself, you need to meditate every morning, you need to do it. And then I wake up and I'm just in the screen for work. So just hopefully having this chat, it's going to just like remind me that I do need to take time out and I do need to be a little bit introspective and start, you know, journaling. I keep saying journaling and I'm just not doing it. So, uh, yeah. I was going to say as well, that you're mentioning this huge change that is happening in your life it's normal to feel like you are being like exposed to so many different things at the one time so it's a bit overwhelming and it's also understandable that you haven't had that time to be more introspective and be by yourself with your own thoughts but in a healthy way rather than you know that overthinking where we just have that one thing in our heads and it goes we go over and over and over and over but it doesn't really help us achieve anything or solve anything or feel even better in our own mental states so that is definitely a practice that I personally also need to um, do more of because I have also undergone a huge change of late and yeah it's it's just been really crazy like I just haven't had any time to think and I was just realizing that I've spent so much time by myself because I'm just in this hotel room right now by myself so I spent quite a lot of hours on my own but I just managed to fill my time obviously like I organized some social events or I I record the podcast with you money or all sorts of different things and I just feel like I don't have time for me and that is something that I want to I want to get to a place where I have a more stable life and just really have that balance between work, life, social life. I mean, social life is life, but there's like me time kind of thing. Yeah. I was going to say that's really, really interesting because I remember when you were, um, you know, sharing a flat with your flatmates and I remember you used to say I wish I had time for myself because sometimes it's loud and I don't get to have introspective time and now that you're on your own um you know you still haven't managed to have this introspection type that sounds so bad but my point is basically um it's not really about your environment so you could either be like alone or surrounded by people it's how do you make the time to have this time for yourself so you know you could be living you could be living by yourself you know no there's no noise around you or you could have you could be living with flatmates or family and it's super noisy around you but it's how do you actually make time for it to ensure that you are you know taking care having your your me time type of thing um, is important. I think because my living situation is a hybrid of the two it's very strange and it's not 
it's not permanent. I hope not anyway. Um, I need to find something more stable. But uh, I go home in the weekends. Uh, so I am with my housemates in the weekends. And so I have that side there. I meet up with friends as well, which is great. And then during the week, I'm so overwhelmed with work and everything that's new as well, being in a new place, that it is true that I haven't had that time to be introspective. But I like to... I, I really liked your point, to be honest. Like, thanks for calling me out on that. <laughs> but it's actually because I do think a lot. Like, obviously, what am I going to do? I'm just by myself. I'm not. I don't really talk to myself out loud. Um, quite rarely. It doesn't happen though. Um, and what I was trying to say is that I do think about you know what's happening, etc. But I don't journal, for example, which I think this is a really good method of being introspective because you really put down your thoughts and evaluate them and as opposed to just thinking and you know thoughts come and go that's why I liked it I think I I did mention this in a previous episode where I like just whispering to myself like talk to myself under my breath or talk to myself out loud if there's no one around just so that I can get my thoughts out and across quite clearly mm-hmm. for me to then find a solution to a particular problem that I may be having yeah yeah, but I, I do I do still agree though with what I said that by being with people constantly it's very difficult to be introspective. Yeah. So I do think that now I have the ability to be more introspective, even though I'm not because I'm all over the place. <laughs> yeah. I understand because I think thinking is more well, the definition of introspection actually means the examination or observation of one's own mental and emotional process. But I also view it more as seeing your thoughts and understanding the reasoning behind those thoughts and trying to be a little bit more rational as opposed to just observing your thoughts and let them go by. Um, like say you're, you know, because sometimes your thoughts, if they get too much and you start thinking and thinking about them they become overwhelming and they just become too much and at least overthinking essentially so um I mean that's why for example things like meditation are there because they help you observe your thoughts without actually resisting them and just allowing yourself to think these thoughts but I feel like with meditation there is a deeper um there is something deeper it's not just knowing being aware that your thoughts are there if that makes sense like when you're going about your day you think about things but you don't really give them much second thought you just think okay I'm thinking this or I'm upset about this but you don't actually think why is it that I'm upset whereas when you're meditating you're only observing your thoughts but you're also kind of like understanding them at the same time um and I wanted to give a little um well not really quote but yeah just a little something from stoicism so stoics believe that we gain knowledge and with knowledge we can better understand so it is through reason sorry it is through reason stoics believe that we gain knowledge and with knowledge we can better understand and flourish in the world around us so I really um I believe in that I think when we have reason we gain more knowledge through reasoning things which is why it's important to question why we think a certain way why we have certain thought patterns why it is that we think yeah a certain way sorry and that helps us understand ourselves better and that way we increase our knowledge and we can understand different situations better and we know how to handle the handle them better as well um so it just gives us like some better perspective i think for when we have the same or encounter the same issues in the future as well. So it's not just a loop, you know? What do you think about that? I really liked what you mentioned about having, understanding our own, recognizing our own patterns, thought patterns, because they are recurring. And if we really dive deep into our own minds and think, okay, I normally get upset like because this certain thing triggers me. Mm-hmm. So by understanding that, you can anticipate it more in a way. Or maybe, yeah, like don't talk about a particular topic that makes you upset if you can avoid it. Or can't think of a particular example, but it's essentially really helpful to understand our minds very deeply in that regard because it will help us be more happy um, with 
with the way that we we do things and um something else that i wanted to to mention as well is that when we are introspective it's really important to ask questions with a what because that will help yeah. us really find a solution or make us feel better rather than why because it just drops us in our past whereas a what is more looking towards the future because if we constantly ruminate and think why why did i do this why did this happen why 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 it's it's good to do it at first but not to overdo it i i think it's more useful to ask okay so what has happened what can i do about it and really move forward in that sense definitely and i think linking that to um linking to what you were saying there is i don't know if you guys have heard of it but um oprah winfrey published a book called what happened to you and it's basically conversations on trauma resilience and healing and she talks with a i think um bruce bruce perry um and they basically talk about her childhood and her childhood trauma so yeah bruce perry is a um what's the word psychologist yeah or psychiatrist sorry and yeah they start to unravel where these traumas come from but instead of going at them from a why perspective why did this happen to me why was i you know why did i experience this trauma why 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 ask yourself what what happened like what can i do about it what can i improve um and looking at it from that perspective i think there was an article that we were reading like really improves the way that you see things as opposed to looking at it from um maybe like a more victim mentality and being trapped in your past by thinking why did this happen to me um so i think that's it's a slight mind shift but i think that slight mind shift can really influence the way that you heal and the way that you perceive what has happened to you i highly recommend reading the book i haven't actually read the book um i've been in meaning to read it so maybe one to have on um on our records for the the book the book club that we have coming up um but it really it's really interesting it kind of unravels all the processes of you know the importance that um the connection with our family members has had on our upbringing the connection the the influence that our culture and religion and ethnicities have and the also the the impacts of being neglected being you know not being heard not being listened to being dismissed um and being a feeling like you're ignored when you're young it can really have an impact and you know a lot of the things that we carry on to our adulthood come from our childhood so it is important to essentially heal our inner child and understand where all of these all of these things come from and it's difficult you know it's hard if you're carrying baggage for many years it's hard for you to do your inner work and sometimes you have to talk to a friend or you have to talk to a professional for them to see it from another perspective you know and yeah i think this is really really interesting um definitely what i was going to say that i was going to say that when we really dissect these traumas or childhood traumas or just insecurities that we had you know because a lot of the insecurities that we have now most of them stem from you know things that happened to us during our childhood and it's really dissecting these that will help us understand what we are like now and it's definitely very uncomfortable to go through that process especially if you're not really happy with the way that things are at the moment but it is through that practice that you really really improve and a lot of things that you're not happy about the way that maybe you look or the way that you behave the way that you are you know you try maybe accept it forgive it or just embrace it and it's yeah it's a very very powerful technique that really will help you helps all of us feel more at ease in our own skin definitely and something that i wanted to touch on as well is actually yesterday i had a moment of i need to do a lot of introspection i really need to do 
a lot of introspection with um, one of the things that I feel as though I'm not fully comfortable with within myself. So I feel as though when I'm challenged, um, I won't get into it, but basically say, say you're not confident with, some, with something within yourself. When you're challenged by other people, you feel a sense of like vulnerability because you're not secure in what it is that that you believe in or the way that you think. You feel attacked. Um, sorry? You feel attacked? Not exactly you feel attacked, but um, you don't feel confident to stand up for yourself. I'll give an example from something that I, I feel as though I've improved a lot in, but there's still different things that, you know, through life, things start to rise. And it, and, and talking to, I, I wanna get into another topic that kind of links in quite well with this. And I think it kind of helps me understand why it is the way that I feel. So this is kind of a talk, me being vulnerable. I probably won't get into the, the juice of what it is that I'm like not too sure about at the moment because I need to do the inner work. I need to do the introspection before I can actually talk about it at this moment in time because I'm actually not sure where I stand with things. Um, sorry, I'm being so vague right now. But anyway, let me get to, to what it is that I was talking about. So for example... Prime example, when I was younger, I, I, we've spoken about this multiple times, okay, on the podcast. But for example, um, the whole, you know, being half mixed race, and I was so insecure about it. And whenever someone brought up, when someone asked me, I felt so insecure. I felt vulnerable. I, like my my sort of defense, defensors in my body, like just, you know, what's that, like five, five what's it called? Fire? flares up no the fee flight what's it called like the three things fight or flight fight or flight response um well okay not fight or flight response but you know what I mean like I would just tense up and get super super uncomfortable with a question and I wouldn't be able to like stand up for myself and be like yes I'm half Spanish half Filipino how are you doing I'm great like how's your day you know and like where are you from and tell me more about your country oh you're from Greece amazing that's so good I've been to Greece that's great and you feel comfortable and you don't feel a sense of oh I feel so insecure because I'm from here but before I didn't acknowledge this and it really got to me and the thing is something that you come to realize is people actually don't care like they don't care about you (laughs) like they literally don't care about you so you could be from god knows where they're not going to judge you from for for your ethnicity and if they do that's on them type of thing so that's something that I remind myself of um no matter what and something that I was thinking about was um yeah the whole ethnicity for example like if you feel it doesn't have to be something to do with ethnicity but if you feel that there's something that you don't feel comfortable within yourself, you don't feel comfortable expressing to others, just think this is a way bigger problem within myself. And oftentimes when you feel insecure about something, you make it a bigger deal than it actually is in your head. And then people, when you talk to people, it's like, oh, I didn't know that. Or like, they're they're not gonna say I didn't care, but they actually don't care. I'm sure, you know, say I've spoken to someone and they were insecure that they were from France let's say just a random example okay and I'm probably not aware of this because I can't see what they're going through but they inside will think oh my god she's judging me so hard you know what I mean um so yeah that was just a prime example of something that I felt that I have overcome now I go to events I tell everyone like when they ask me it doesn't it doesn't I don't get the same response I don't get the same reaction that I used to I'm so comfortable now seeing it and I don't even think twice and sometimes it just hits me like whoa I used to be so insecure about it I used to be so scared when people used to ask me this and now I just say it without second thought like it doesn't it doesn't cause any sort of reaction in my body and when you feel tense you feel it in your body and you can tell that there's you don't feel comfortable um so there's definitely parts of me that I feel like I need to work on and I'm sure everyone can relate to some aspect to some degree with different things that we feel as though we need to work on um so yeah I just thought I'd share but something sorry Keys, did you want to say something actually about any personal with, with regards to personal share? things or insecurities I mean there is am I wanting to share it on the podcast <laughs> why not don't want to get juicy, yeah. <laughs> should I um yeah for example so when I was younger 
also because we watch a lot of films where you know you have this ideal picture of what a beautiful woman looks like and when I was younger I was very insecure that I had a flat chest and I still do <laughs> but I'm not insecure anymore I fully embraced it and I used to be self-conscious you know like oh I have no boobs like I'm not going to be desirable to people I seek to attract <laughs> you know what I mean I'm not desirable to men oh my god they all think I'm flat-chested blah 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 and yeah essentially I just felt like people like you said exactly people are like judging me for it looking at me different for it you know I'm not worthy of being with someone because of that blah blah, blah. all that negative self-talk and obviously when you're a teenager you're don't really you're trying to figure out your body and understand your body as well so it's quite hard for for you to to really fully embrace that at the, at the time it takes a lot of work but yeah I guess just through friends of, of ours as well um who were you know had the same experience like supporting each other I just finally said okay yeah this is great like it's very comfortable <laughs> um <laughs> and yeah now I'm just like yeah why not I mean it is the body that I have been given and a lot of my philosophy with regards to physical attributes, I mean, I I do consider myself beautiful. And I mean, it would be ridiculous of me to say, you know, like there are people who, this might be a little bit controversial, but like there's people who have, um, what is the word? The, given the genetic lottery in a, in a way, like there is this um, ideal or sort of, beauty standard or no beauty standard what is the way do you know the word i'm trying to say like um universally like there's people who are considered beautiful obviously that's why there's um, a certain uh, person who is normally on magazines or on social media who are adored like influencers and stuff because they look a certain way and now it's like diversity. because of um society yeah we, we talked about the beauty yeah. standards when yeah. we did a podcast yeah. about a uh, woman and there is, uh, I think now we're, we're going, this is a different topic. I'm going a little bit mm -hmm. on a tangent, but we're going to great length, uh, great length. We're going a really good way in the sense that now we're being more inclusive and we're integrating diversity as well of like def what it means to be beautiful. But for a long time, especially when we, you and I were teenagers, Moni, like we thought, oh yeah, this bombshell um, blonde, you know, like, curvy I don't know like what what, uh, what it was at the time we, we think those are like beautiful women and then we look at ourselves and we think oh actually I'm like you said as well like the insecurity about being half Asian you don't see people um in Hollywood as well like you mostly saw white women um yeah. you know representing big roles and you don't didn't see as much diversity so what I'm trying to say here going back to the point was that if you can't change something about yourself then embrace it if you can and you're not happy with it then try and change it just try to do something about it so what I was saying about you know the genetic lottery and everything I do think that I am a beautiful person and um, be it because I feel comfortable in my own skin and also because of societal um sort of feedback if that makes sense like if people think that you're beautiful you feel beautiful in a way which yeah. I mean it shouldn't be the case but or egos think a different way, you know? Yeah. Um, and so, yes, I think that, um, yeah, I think you and I, Moni, are privileged in that sense. But at the same time, it has to go both ways. You know, it's like, it goes from within. Like, do you feel beautiful? It, yeah. Because um, I, I feel like what I'm saying is very controversial because like, if the standards of beauty you know if you don't align to those standards of beauty that are uh shown on like social media etc it does not mean that you are not beautiful you are beautiful you know like everyone is so incredibly beautiful in their own way but by societal's um expectations there are some people who have a, more of an unfair advantage over others like it is so unfair but it is the way the society is like i'm yeah. not denying the fact of what the things are like Basically. I think That's eventually a bit of a different topic, but I just wanted to. I think clarify. what I think this really links in well with what I wanted to talk about. It's a completely different topic in itself, 
and I didn't know whether to include it in the podcast but I think it links it Go quite for well it. so I'm just going to mention it it's all about habitus so if you haven't heard about what habitus is I'll just explain roughly the definition so it is the way that individuals perceive the social world around them and react to it these dispositions are usually shared by people with similar backgrounds, which such as social class, religion, nationality, ethnicity, education and profession and opportunities. So what this means is essentially that whatever that we interact with, whatever our environment is like, we only see that part of the world. So our view is quite small. So essentially, it, I guess it can link in with the beauty aspect. If you always watch, if you follow the same influencers and you that's all you see, that's going to be your beauty standard, isn't it? But not everyone follows the winners of Love Island. Like some people have a completely, completely, completely different Instagram feed, let's say. And they might have, I don't know, other types of um, other types of people who are not um, like your typical not your typical but basically what I want to get at or models that appear on magazines or Vogue they might have other people that they follow so therefore their habitus will be their perception will be different of say maybe the the beauty standards they won't be the exact same as what appear on on um, tv or magazine so this essentially applies to everything like it applies to I was thinking about myself for example right and when I go on YouTube, I essentially usually, I think a lot of us do this, but usually we stick to the people that we're subscribed to and people are quite similar in how they act and how they speak and their sort of backgrounds, their beliefs, their, yeah, their belief system, where they've been brought up. It, there, there's going to be slight differences because obviously people are different, but essentially they're all sort of categorized as quite similar. and I sometimes I do think okay I do follow quite a broad broad range of people from different nationalities different ethnicities different religions different social classes but essentially when I actually think about it they're still even if they're different in those aspects they still act a certain way they still speak a certain way you know like someone I might watch someone from the United States and someone from England they have a different accent but it's still sort of the way that they present themselves is quite similar and I feel like this has such a huge impact on how you act and how you perceive the world and that's what that's why it's important to check yourself and say oh wow I watch too much of this content no wonder that I think like this or I watch too much of this or I consume too much of this no wonder that my worldview is like this because you know essentially we have such a small like habitus that it, I just find this really really interesting um because we might think oh yeah I'm doing a lot of research and I'm very well I'm very knowledgeable and I know a lot about different and um, different types of people and different types of religions and different types of social classes and educations and professions but for example the YouTube algorithm they are going to chalk at you similar people for example right I don't, I don't know if I should give names, but for example, I really like Nina Florence on YouTube. And I also really like Moya Mawaini. And I also really like, what was her name? Hitomi, I think Hitomi's her name. I can't remember her surname. Hitomi, and then I also really like, um, there's other different types of people. I really like Amanda Asad. I love her, her channel. I also really like, yeah, the Asad Sisters. Um, there's many different channels that I like. And then there's maybe like your other, like your typical, like Naomi Smart, those sort of videos, like lifestyle. Um, I, do, I don't know, I follow like a big range, but that's just an example. If you actually look at them all, there is a happiness, there's such a link. And if you look, for example, at Moya Moeni's videos and Nina's, and I'm sure there's a many, many different people who can be sort of categorized into similar section, they all sort of act a certain way, dress a certain way, speak a certain way, do, do follow a similar pattern, routine, similar lifestyle. Obviously, the lives are going to be really different. They're different people, of course, but essentially the habitus and how that impacts your life is going to be quite tremendous if you watch it every single day. I used to consume the content every day and I saw the impact that it had on me, not in a negative way, um, probably in a positive way, but 
more about just being aware that the more you consume from like the same types of people the more your worldview will be like that exactly so and it's I not really think... like a negative or positive thing it's just sort of like a fact I guess yeah. um what are your thoughts on that but it's also you're saying this because I would imagine that over lockdown you consumed a lot of YouTube but this is also yes. applies to people you spend time with your friends your family oh, 100%. your circle depending on how they behave and what they're up to your environment really shapes the way that you you are and yeah. with regards to what you mentioned in terms of like saying that you do a lot of research and then you end up looking at the same sources this reminded me of confirmation bias where mm-hmm. even you know scientists do this and people who you know very are very academic um commit this mistake whereby you believe in a theory so strongly that you will only you know look at facts or data that confirm your theory and every everything else you would just dismiss as oh yeah this isn't important because you believe so strongly in your theory and then that is a skewed representation of the facts because you're not seeing all the different um you know all the different data sets so with regards to consuming i don't watch a lot of youtube well actually i don't watch youtube of late um but i i have been through periods where i where i would watch loads of it and i agree with the sense that you look for people who look like you because you want that relatability relatability yeah um there's this travel so i watch more like travel videos you are watch more like lifestyle videos perhaps so i watched this um solo traveler who is also mixed so she's um half american half japanese i believe and she's also introverted has like a really like sweet voice and i just she inspired me to start solo traveling uh, her name is uh, mary johnson and uh essentially she was it felt like oh she's my big sister in a way and just watching her videos made me feel so understood in many aspects so i feel like even if you don't find these people in your day-to-day life because obviously it's difficult to have friends or you know people who are into the same niche things that you are into you know um unless I mean unless you're part of a book club and you love reading and you meet great people who love reading too but I think through the internet you can find all sorts of people who you align with and so by I think it's really positive it's important what you said money about trying to divert as well from what you consume and like being aware like oh okay everything that I see is constantly the same so whenever I see that my recommendations are always the same I try and like log off my YouTube and or delete my history and so that way it like generates new new videos and random videos but yeah definitely is is something to to be aware of because we can become very close-minded in a way if if we only consume the same type of and I think there is that sense of comfort isn't it in surrounding yourself with people who are from similar ethnicity as you some people who have been brought up similarly to you people who have a similar education to you someone people who have sort of the same beliefs as you people who are perhaps in the same profession or similar profession to you and how many this is a question for you all right how many times do we put ourselves in situations where we actively, we actively do this, right? How many times do we, when I'm saying actively, not by choice, sorry, by choice, not that you're, you know, just coincidentally or, or basically, sorry, let me reword my, my sentence, the question. How many times do we put ourselves in situations where we actively feel out of place? Not many times, right? We actively seek to relate to people. We actively seek to be in sort of our comfort zone, quote unquote. We will find people who look like us. We'll find people who we sort of feel connected to in a way. Like how many times do we actually actively say you are, I don't know, say you're Spanish. How many times would you just go to like a... um, What's that? What would I, am I going to say? Okay, for example, Ga- Gaian? Is that how you say it? No, I'm not going to, I'm not, why am I confused? What is Gaian? 
I was gonna say from Ghana, but I don't know how to say it. Ghanaian. Ghanaian, sorry, that's it. Okay. Would you just actively go um if not you didn't know anyone, you don't have any friends, you don't have any family members, you don't have any connection whatsoever to anyone, but would you just go to a Ghanaian say society and go and eat food with them, party with them, and learn from their culture? And you might say, oh yes, of course I would do, but and well done if you do, by the way, because that's amazing. Um, but it just what I'm trying to emphasize on is that would probably be a different habitus to what you've experienced, to your culture, to your ethnicity, to your maybe religion, or um yeah, just different background, right? And it's a different experience to what you live on your day-to-day life. You know what I mean? Definitely. Like it's not the same, it's not the same as uh, you know, perhaps being friends with a um, Ghanaian who has the same education as you, be has been brought up in the same country as you, because you will have that sort of similarity. So it is sort of a little bit your habitus, as opposed to actually going to Ghana and experiencing the culture, the food, the life there is going to be completely different to probably anything you've seen in your home country. Um and especially yeah. without going with anyone that you can actually relate to at the end of the day. And you will probably feel, sorry, I'm like talking so much, you'll probably feel like a sense of minority and you'll probably feel a sense of isolation, but I feel like that's beautiful because you grow and you learn from them and you tell them, oh, tell me more. Tell me about your culture. So what is it that you do in Ghana? Tell me, um, like, what, what, are the com- what are the sort of common foods that you eat here? And what are your most famous dishes? Like, let me learn about them. What language do you speak? Um, what where's the nice what nice places can you show me around in your country and I think that's beautiful because you actually learn to get it's it's a comfort it's out of your comfort zone moment like I personally I'm talking about my perspective I'm sure there's people who are going to be like I'm so comfortable doing that and there's people that are, are going to be like oh that's sort of my comfort zone personally from because I can only speak for myself of course I don't know what um all of our listeners are like but for example I feel like that would be very out of my comfort zone but I feel like I would learn so much to strengthen my identity and know who I am as a person and also learn from them, if that makes any sense. It does. And I think that we are, you and I are quite good at putting ourselves in situations of discomfort. I think we are. And through our university, we always joined <laughs> events that we didn't really, I mean, yeah, one time I, I invited a friend of mine, uh, she's from Eritrea, and I was like, okay, let's go watch this Bollywood movie with the um, society, the society at university, and like, I've never watched a Bollywood movie before, but it was a great, great time, and just expanding your horizons in that way really makes you be more understanding of other cultures, you grow as a person as well, and I think that for us, money, it's a little bit, I wouldn't say easier, but we're more accustomed to it because we have already experienced that shift of culture because we, we have moved to another country. Whereas I would imagine someone who has never traveled or has never left their country, has always lived in the same area, it would be really alien to them. I mean, you I'm sure people still do it, but it would be quite more difficult for them to suddenly feel like okay yeah I'm gonna go to the Nigerian society and see what it's all about but I think it doesn't come down to the difference in ethnicity I think if it's a difference in ethnicity we'd be quite comfortable just because you know if we were to go to like a Nigerian society or like a um like an Eritrean society I'm sure we would feel like okay because we're quite as you said we're quite open and we um have met you know like many people from different countries and things like that so we're kind of like used to it um yeah in a way like we're quite we're fine with it but for example um I'm talking more about say um what was the other thing like social class for example we uh I don't really like to talk about social classes to be honest but okay fair enough everyone has you know a certain economic status I suppose and like 
how do I word it? Like, I, I, I do think we're flexible, but I think the people that we surround ourselves with are, again, in our habitus, if that makes sense. We don't go out of our way to surround ourselves with someone who's a completely different, say, quote unquote, like social class, like completely, completely different. Do you know what I mean? Like completely, completely different. Okay, but I think that there's a, the, obviously you need to create opportunities for yourself. And also you need to see the, you need to evaluate the, the gain as well. And I'm not saying that there wouldn't be any gain. I'm sure you'll be able to. No, I don't mean it from like a game perspective. I just mean it more from like, again, opening up. No, but like, why would you, why would you do it? Like, that's what I mean by gain. I mean, like, why would you speak to someone who's like super rich? I don't know. Um, Like, you need to have that sort of thing that you want to learn maybe from like what I'm talking about, the Ghanaian society or Nigerian society or whatnot, to give an example. Like maybe you'll go there and have a great time, learn about the culture. That is something that you gain in a sense. Like you're not I mean, there just, you are oh, I want something. it. You are gaining Pardon? something. You're gaining perspective on life, essentially. Yes. I think you are gaining a lot. Whether, I mean, there's not rich, poor, like it's such a big spectrum, but essentially yes. you're learning but, about different types of life. That yes, you, what I'm trying to say is that there is an event, there is a society in place at university. My question is where would you come across an opportunity such as this well you could actively for example um like go to the homeless shelter and speak to some of the people who are there like there's a lot of them for example in Glasgow or other cities um so in doing that helps you understand um like their like their experience or just what their life is like and how it's different to yours and then what you can learn from them and what they can learn from you and how you can exchange ideas um and it, it doesn't they don't have to be you know homeless um just different situations different ways of life as well someone who yeah. lives in a farm what is their life like and how do they what are their values and and what are their goals what are their aspirations in life and how would that maybe differ from someone who is in central London working a, a corporate job or someone who is um I always take it it's not extremes but maybe someone who's you know in uh living in the middle of the jungle um yeah I agree with your like, point you know what I what yeah I, mean? I do I do agree and I, I totally agree I, I do think that your example is really fair in terms of like you know go volunteer how about the homeless or yeah. put yourself or, in another situation or even you... for example um like here with religion so I'm not particularly I don't um what's the word yeah I don't um classify myself as a religious person I'm definitely quite spiritual I would say um but even for example surrounding myself with um like practicing like Christians for example who are you know like at church I don't feel uncomfortable at all because I I I, go, I have gone to church like I'm happy to go to church but it's a different way of experiencing life as well or for example uh very well fitted I went to a Muslim um event yesterday so that was quite interesting because obviously I'm not myself Muslim so therefore it felt a little bit like oh I feel out of place but at the same time, it was kind of nice because I was like, oh, I feel so out of my comfort zone right now because yeah. I believe so like I have such different beliefs from all these people. But at the same time, we have such respect and love for each other. And it's kind of it's that whole thing of or I could be in a um, like surrounded by Jews, for example, and it would be interesting to learn how they view life and, and how they experience life and their practices. And when you get deep into it. It's completely different. It's not the same thing as talking to a Jew on the street because you don't actually get them on that level as opposed yeah. to say, um, like, well, oh, get back to the Muslim thing, as opposed to say, praying with a Muslim, doing Ramadan with a Muslim, um, doing all of their prayers, like reading the Quran, things like that. Like you get more ingrained. I think those and, are great examples. And it starts, and... To, oh, I'll just finish. And it starts to like, challenge 
how you think and and it also I guess it can strengthen or it can question your beliefs and I think that's something that's really interesting so again religion nationality education all the what I'm trying yeah so what I think is that obviously we have a reduced number of hours in our day and we need to prioritize what it is that we want to learn from so for example if you want to you're curious about learning about different religions or you're curious about learning how people uh, people's cultures in southeast asia or you're curious about different uh, branches of science you know you would put yourself out there and try and understand that a little bit more people who think differently to you um yeah maybe the branches of science people who have different theories about a particular topic that would be something interesting to see but in the same regard i also think that you know we humans seek comfort that is what we naturally gravitate towards and therefore it's only normal to want to feel that sense of belonging and acceptance and feeling like you are with people who understand you who get you who have this common uh, upbringing perhaps and so as you said if for example I meet a so I would never never say hi to like a random Spanish person in the street in Spain like why would I do that but if I met a random Spanish person traveling in Canada I probably would be like oh hi like where, where do you come from because you have you're so far from home you have that thing in common that brings you together and all of the other factors like maybe they're from Madrid and I'm from Bilbao and like we're very different when if we were to meet in Spain we wouldn't even look at each other twice but because we are so far and we have that commonality compared to everybody else around us or Canadians or um, other um, people there, you feel that you have that sense of connection, something to share. I think, yeah. And do you know what's something, I really like what you've said. And I think essentially something that I've learned as well from like my experience is that we're all human, right? We're all human. And what do we want as humans? We want to love be loved. and belonging, affection. We want, I'm sorry, well, love. We want peace. We want all of these things. And essentially, sometimes something that I realize, say, you're in Canada and you see a Kazakh, that Kazakh person is only going to want the same thing that you want. So already, you can already create a connection. Whether you're from the same nationality or not, whether you believe in the same things, essentially, you're going to want the same thing. So you can create that connection between you both by wanting that love and respect and peace for each other as well. Do you know what I mean? Something else that I want to say real quick is that I think that from us having moved to Scotland, I feel like a lot of the friendships that I made at university, for instance, were based on, obviously, well, most of it was basically because I was friends with people who were doing the same degree as me. So there was already that common ground, but also the experience that is moving to another country and having a different culture. So for example, one of my best friends is Malaysian. I mean, I I know now a lot about Malaysia, but I didn't know anything about Malaysia when we initially met. And it was a lot to do with me being interested and her being interested, of course, in each other's cultures and really understanding that, like, oh, what is it like, you know, moving all the way here. And because we had already experienced like that culture shock, we had something to bond over. So even though we were from different places altogether, it goes back to what you're saying about someone you're meeting traveling who's Kazakh. That's why it's so easy to meet people when you're solo traveling. Um, and well, at least in, solo, in Southeast Asia where I was, because everyone has the same mindset, they are all going with a purpose and you share that purpose. Yeah. And so you're like a one big family. Yeah, that's very perfectly words. And I think essentially... What, what I was going to get at, sorry, you were talking about your friend and you were saying that you bonded over like being moving from different countries and sort of the struggles and, and you got closer because of that. And I think essentially the more, the more that you connect, the more you care as well. So say, why would you not care learning about, I don't know, um, someone who believes in... I'm going to say like the randomest things, okay? Someone who believes in goats, okay? I'm just going to say that. Someone who believes in goats. Um, so, so you think in goats in what, in what regard? 
so they believe that they are like a higher power or something <laughs> they should they should holy uh, are something that they should worship essentially okay and you might not connect in that way you might think no i don't worship goats that's fine that's okay but you might connect in other ways and when you connect in other ways you might actually start gaining a little bit more interest as to why they actually believe in goats and you will start listening to them and think oh that's interesting and i wonder like where did that um how how did you come to that conclusion or what was your process of thinking and um why is it that you believe in that and give me some like evidence or just or some points of arguments that we can have a discussion and it's not about like I need to change your mind you need to change mine I believe in this I believe in that but I think the more connection I'm sure you felt this with your Malaysian friend the more connection that you develop the more care that you develop so the more interested you become in in that person no matter um again their social class their religion their nationality their ethnicity you become more interested in learning about sure. them as opposed to as if they were a random person in the street right completely yeah I agree and uh I was I just remembered I was going to say something but I completely forgot it <laughs> so it'll come back to me but um yeah that is very true and it goes down to realizing we're actually super different people but we're such good friends because we're both interested in getting to know each other better the, the whole package in a sense so that is definitely and I think we can learn it both we can look at it both ways we can look at it as we're very different people which is true there's many many different says that say we're going to use your Malaysian friend just because we said <laughs> we spoke about her um but yeah you you might think we have so so many differences which in a way is true because you might believe different things you're from different places you have different experiences um, you have perhaps different educations, different professions, different opportunities. Yes. But at the same time, on a more human level, you're so similar. You're so, so similar. We are so similar to people around the world. Sometimes we think, oh, we're so different. Like he believes in this or he's from here. Like I'm sure he does things different. Like, oh, he cleans his bum with water. <laughs> we only clean our bum with wet paper. <laughs> you know what I mean? And like it's, it's little differences but at the end of the day on a more human level our values connect at a much deeper level in terms of like we all want the same things at the end of the day and 100 that we live in right we all want peace in the world we all want love i mean i don't know who doesn't um essentially on a, a more global scale i think we are all more united in in that way so. i think it reminded me of the conversation i had with or grandma so I was staying with her in Spain last month for just almost two weeks and uh, one night we were having dinner and we had a conversation about evolution mm. and I was explaining you know I was saying to her yeah obviously um, I believe in evolution and um, she was a bit skeptical well, she's skeptical because she's like no god etc 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 you know what's interesting I was um, having this conversation yesterday the exact same conversation. We can have it off camera later. I'm interested in seeing what you have to say. But the exact same. And, uh, yeah, well, let me know all your thoughts. But um, And I really liked our discussion because it wasn't heated at any point. I mean, I just love my grandma. Like, we didn't argue. It was just, I explained what I thought. I, like, I rested my case. I was explaining why I thought this, this particular way. And she explained the way that, and I just questioned her her thinking I was like oh why like if this is this and she explained and then we reached a point where I I mean I already knew I wasn't going to convince her so I knew there was it wasn't worth pushing any further um, I and mean, it's not about convincing exactly that's what I what I'm trying to get to like what I love about it is that you don't need to convince the other person that your opinion is right because they I mean, unless it like hurts someone or, <laughs> but like she doesn't harm anyone by thinking that evolution does not exist. And so. Yeah, because essentially what's right is right for her. What's right is right for you. Exactly. Oh. Exactly. But it was just really fascinating understanding her, how her thought process worked. And that can happen. About it. Yeah, that, that could happen with so many things as well. Things that maybe we're not interested in but we want to ask like you said because we care about the person so 
our cousin, uh, she's quite into tarot reading. And I, I, I mean, <laughs> I was gonna say, I don't give a shit. <laughs> um, I don't really um, care much about, for example, horoscopes and all of this stuff. But when, for example, she did the a tarot reading for me, I absolutely adore the way that she expresses herself. I don't believe in it per se, but I really like the skill that it requires to come up with. I don't know if you know how tarot works um, for you listening at home or wherever you happen to be, but basically you pull a different card and you try and um, identify what the person is going through yeah, in their life. It's kind of done on by what they're doing. So for example, if they ask you, yes, if, they, if you want to ask, what is my future going to look like in my career? So they intuitively recognize, like if a card comes out, um, I'm running out of battery, so I hope that, uh, <laughs> that this is fine. Um, and yeah, intuitively they try and recognize what um, you will be going through in the couple months, couple weeks. And yeah, I'm gonna, this is <laughs> not very professional, but I'm gonna grab my charger real quick because my laptop is dying. Um, but uh, essentially I thought that that was really fascinating, really seeing how passionate she was about tarot reading and seeing how her mind at work because it's it's very vague advice like you when you read the horoscope you're like oh it's leo it could apply to capricorn it could, it could apply to anyone but i think it's what you take from it and i think i discussed this in one of our previous episodes i think it's more about you know your own interpretation of what is being said um but this is another topic altogether i just thought that understanding her her thinking was really was really cool and how I really love seeing how people are so passionate as well so for example you may not agree directly with what someone is saying but just seeing the joy in their eyes mm. when they're talking about something it, yeah it's just great you don't have to agree with your friends and everything in order to to yeah to be friends obviously not 100. that's I think sometimes it's great to have that diversity in a group of friends because you can really learn a lot from each other like I feel like especially growing up in a very tight-knit family I feel like I mean obviously now we are having our own we have our own personalities and Monica and I are quite different in many aspects but we're still very similar in a lot of them because we grew up together like being really good friends I guess we're so similar I feel like we're definitely the same habitus <laughs> very very similar but we're also very very different so it's kind of interesting how that's evolved and I think I think the main influence or the main reason for that is kind of obviously you moving out me experiencing different things you experiencing different things and essentially that's shaped who we are becoming and who who we've become so yeah it's beautiful I think it's really interesting to kind of Definitely. see um, our evolution, I guess. So, yeah. And uh, But yeah, this is reaching towards the end of the podcast. I just had such a great time chanting with you, Moni. And this episode has been a bit of a jumble. Oh, just, nice. We just kind of, we didn't really plan it. We just kind of talked about different topics. And I, I'm so happy about how it turned out. And yeah, I just feel I've had a really tiring day. So I feel... I mean, it's quite late now. It's bedtime, but um, I feel a bit more refreshed than I than I was earlier. So thank you, Moni. I'm so glad. I think this was really interesting. I literally had no expectations. We had two notes for this podcast, and I just said, you know what? We're just gonna have a casual chat. We'll see what pops up. Everything's just kind of been said. We've kind of winged this one, <laughs> um, but I think it's been quite natural. I feel like it just shows our thought process when we speak. Hence, probably the pauses in the podcast. Um, it's not being, you know, we've not really prepared for it, but I think it just shows our authenticity. And I, uh, maybe there's people that like it because it kind of shows that we're talking to them. I quite like podcasts like that. So yeah, I hope you guys enjoy this one. It wasn't too boring, but I would love to talk about this a little bit further. I think there's a lot of things that we left unsaid, so it would be nice so, to come back to it. But I was going to say, please message us on Instagram or Facebook or email us at writing into the unknown at gmail.com and you know our instagram facebook is at writing into the unknown all together and yeah just very happy to to keep releasing episodes uh, it's proving very difficult these past few weeks as you can um imagine with all the changes that we're going through but we're so happy 
to, to be continuing on with this journey. And um, yeah, we'd love to hear your take on, on this topic too. Thank you so much. Bye-bye.